Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Rory Sutherland's On Brand, brought to you by Alf Insight. Each episode, we talk to the big names from the world of advertising, marketing and media to dissect and debate success, ingenuity and the future possibilities for our industry. Today, we're talking about the future of the car industry. Despite a fall in new car sales of almost 30% in the UK last year, which I suppose, given the coronavirus pandemic, was unsurprising... It was good news for pure electric and hybrid vehicles, which saw an increase in take-up, which now accounts for 1 in 10 car sales. With news that the car manufacturer Volvo has announced plans to become a fully electric car brand by 2030, I'm delighted to welcome their UK Managing Director, Christian Elvisforce, to the podcast. So, Christian, Volvo aims to be a fully electric car company globally by 2030. You already have a sister company, Polestar, if I'm right, which is exclusively electronic to begin with. So, actually, actually why not, I mean, talk for a little bit um, precisely about um, how your experience as an electric car owner. I, I think, yeah, I've been driving now. I actually have a training centre in Daventry, so I go from uh, from Virginia Water down to Daventry, um, now and then, as we as we need still to, to conclude some trainings for, especially for training the technicians in the EVs, etc. So, I have been there even in even in lockdown three or four times now, and and driving an EV back. Of course, first time you feel a bit anxious. Okay, the range is not not that far, but is it okay? And can I go back and forth without the charge? And you end up coming back with less than ten percent when you when you return and. Are you starting to get worried? Yeah, maybe, but I think at the same time you get more and more convinced and and get to learn the car as well. How uh, how, it, how you handle it, how you are driving, and it's it's like a combustion engine. If you're driving it uh, uh, roofless, you get get a roofless fuel con- consumption. If you're driving it carefully, you're get, getting a careful fuel consumption as well. Or uh, um, or the range consumption. So, no, I really appreciate it. And I think we can cover absolutely most of, of, um, of our consumers uh, with the range we have today. And also in the, for the future, we'll probably see some increased range improvements as well. But then when you look into the DC charging investments that everyone is doing, it it looks quite okay, I must say. Of course, you need to plan, but uh, but there are, there are possibilities to charge. Is I've, I, I, I've slightly considered that actually a small degree of difficulty, the fact that a journey may require a little bit of advanced planning, may be a little like in marketing terms, just add an egg, that actually it brings back some of the excitement of motoring by making it talkable again. So one of the interesting things, I, I, why I'm fairly optimistic on the electric car is that nobody talks about the petrol car they own anymore. When I started work in 1988, I knew what cars 15 of my colleagues owned, you know, literally. I mean, OK, that's a, I think that's particularly a metropolitan thing that a car has become, first of all, non-essential. And it also seems to have lost its status value among certain metropolitan audiences. But one of the things is that cars are so reliable, everything has, you know, essentially has become so commoditized that car conversations are nothing like they were in my youth when we talked about nothing else. Now, obviously, other technologies have taken centre stage. But I think by actually saying, you know, actually, you know, we had to stop to recharge at the supercharger 20 miles out of outside Boughton under Bleen, um, might be something that actually, when people buy an electric car, they rather welcome that. 
because you know it is undoubtedly a conversation piece in the way that unless you own a classic car or something extreme uh, you know a, 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 an ICE car as we now call them uh, doesn't have that same conversational value you know, I think uh, I think also the green plate will make a difference because that will also you will start to get a discussion point as the as the electrical vehicle looks more similar like the traditional ones when when we have the all other brands coming on board and we as well when you get the, the green plate on you you get the discussion immediately and um, that will also drive sales i think we, we were talking that we were talking about that earlier and one of the great things is the ability to display your credentials uh, there was a wonderful experiment which i think compared the the prius this is in the early days of hybrids with a honda vehicle where the hybrid version looked identical to the petrol version and the Prius was inordinately more popular, with the exception of a few areas like Texas, where people wanted a hybrid but wanted to disguise the fact. Um, possibly if you're in oil country, you know, you may have a different motivation. But I think the green plate is a brilliant idea. Also, I suppose this is essentially a coordination problem. So partnership with energy suppliers. I noticed that Shell and BP have both moved actively into this space. Um, in one way, for them, it's a little bit. It's also a little bit of an opportunity because a slightly longer break is a wonderful retail opportunity. What what partnerships do you, do you have with those? I mean, I think Centrica's partnering with VW at the moment. Um, also, what relationships do you have as far as home charging goes? Do you have any uh, particular special tariffs for overnight charging? Yeah, so today for home charging, we work with Podpoint, and uh, that we have done for uh, quite a while, and it works uh, works quite well. And then we are in negotiations with uh, the rest of the network, also to, with PlugSurf, etc., to see how we should how we should continue. Uh, but I think it's important that you, as a manufacturer, have a collabor- collaboration with one of the the uh, main um, producers, so you get a certain network that are covered when you are out travelling. I can ask you one favour. There's a disastrous behavioural mistake that the government's made. Um, uh, a, a genuinely a terrible mistake, uh, which is they subsidise the installation of a charging point at home. But you must own an electric car and prove you own one before they'll pay the subsidy. And I said, to them, this is completely moronic. I want to know I can install a charging point at home before I'm prepared to buy an electric car. Moreover, anybody who spent £200 installing an electric car charging point is going to feel a bit of an idiot if they then go and buy a diesel. So actually, selling the charging points is a great way of ensuring people purchase electric cars, whether new or secondhand, by the way. And one of the, one of the problems we have in the early days, I think, is that there isn't much of a secondhand market yet. And if you think about it, the people who tend to buy their cars from new tend to be older. Older people tend, I don't want to stereotype, I'm old myself, OK, but older people tend to be a little less experimental. And so we'll see, you know, very significant changes, I think, once the second hand market becomes a bit more active. But one thing you could do is go to the government and say, look, just if I can prep three posts outside my house, I share a a large house with seven, seven other households. If we can prep three charging points which are ready... In other words, we, we actually have two phase, three-phase electrical power here for some bizarre reason. Um, but if we can prep three points so that once we buy a car, all we need to do is add the little thing to the cable and it's good to go, okay? Then all of us in the house will end up buying electric cars because we know there's a place to charge them. I wasn't quite willing to buy an electric car because I still had the fear that if this charging point couldn't be installed, I'd end up with a cable coming out of my bathroom window for the next four years. And I was reluctant about that. And it's characteristic of economists that they have an incentive which is economically logical, but behaviorally silly. So if if there's one favor I can ask, it's that you campaign and say, look, we'll pay anybody a subsidy to put in. Because I mean, it's a benefit to guests and friends, not only to, uh, uh, to me personally. We actually we actually did that two weeks ago with all our used cars, our used hybrids. So we we added on the home charger. It's it's quite common in the industry now, and I actually think it works quite well because you you not only get buy a used car, or you also get the home charger installed uh, for your car. And that I think it's a good good way of of learning. Yes. And I think also um, that could help. But you are totally right when you come to apartments and set when you don't have your own driveway, how, how you should do it. But let's say I think the government are with the green initiatives, they are on the way. So let's see. 
Is there a, one interesting thing that strikes me is there is a, a possibility, isn't there, to sell solar energy? But now, obviously, in a country like the UK or Sweden, for that matter, anywhere in Northern Europe, it would probably require two or three days of non-car use before your car went from 20% battery to 80%. But conceivably, given the changes to travel patterns, actually two days where you don't use your car may not be that uncommon. So it does strike me there's an opportunity to get people partially into solar by installing a combination of a charging point which is obviously plugged into the mains but which can also draw energy from solar when there's enough sunlight and the car's plugged in i think i think the the interesting part is when you start to use the car battery as a as a as a battery for the whole household then you get then you get to see really interesting patterns and opportunities as well because the car is sitting on the on the driveway with with a charged battery that can actually heat the whole house for a night or a, or a couple of nights. Or if you're not using your car, you could charge up overnight when the UK is yeah. kind of a third nuclear powered, I think. So you know, generally the wind and, and nuclear power contribute quite a lot of the base load to the grid overnight, yeah. assuming it's windy. And therefore you could charge up your car. And if you weren't planning anywhere to, to go anywhere the following day, you could run your house off the car rather than running it off the grid directly. That's a really, really mm. interesting possibility. Sell me an electric Volvo or, or a Polestar, if you like. I don't know if you're responsible for Polestar. What, no, I'm not. You're, you're not. No, no. But um, what will the electric... One, one thing I always have that worries me is that we've taught consumers over the last 30 years that with anything that's highly electronic, it pays to wait. And this is, this is the great issue I see as the psychological barrier to electric cars, um, in that we always feel, you know, buying a computer. I had friends who bought flat screen TVs very early. They got absolutely majorly ripped off. I had friends who bought computers very early. They got something which was, you know, a tenth as powerful as my current mobile phone, um, and it cost them a fortune. And so we have this problem that whereas with the car market, we tend to think, OK, I replace my car every four years. We've now got this now, we'll have a nice little, I think we'll have a nice little surge of pent-up demand after lockdown ends. I think there'll be a surge in car sales because car purchase to some degree is, is a postponable, but it's not an avoidable purchase. So I think we will see a very, very good sort of third quarter for car sales. But do we continue to run into this problem that everybody is eking out their existing petrol car for as long as they possibly can? I, my car's 11 years old and to be honest I would have replaced it two years ago if it hadn't been for the advent of electric cars do you, do you see any ways of overcoming that problem? No I think we will uh, the, the interest of EVs and also uh, I think the, the talk between individuals and friends and rumours is also helping to address it because it's, it's a different ride and also the opportunity to be able to charge at home when you have a driveway or if you as, as you were saying you can, you can, you can have a couple of charges on a, on a bigger parking lot as well will help because it's a different it's a different um, type of type of journey and also it's less maintenance uh, and it's i must say i wouldn't say more reliable but it's less components uh, yeah. so uh, it's an easier it's an easier product when you look at, at the engine as such um, which i think is quite impressive so no, I really like the uh, the uh, the EV as a car. Yeah, someone told me that I think the, the 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 drive chain or power chain or whatever you call it in a conventional car there's something like two hundred and fifty moving parts, and in an EV there are about seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there also a danger that the software? becomes commoditized and to some extent the what you might call the, the, the you know the powertrain and the floor pan become commoditized and that we actually see bodywork and and what you might call we always used to call it the um the, those companies like vanden pla and so forth will we see a return of the coach builder perhaps yeah that could be an interesting one let's see yeah but i think the if the, if you have the platforms that that will look more similar, you can you can have different body types. Yeah, let's see. Because it's actually mistakenly believed that Henry, that you know, even of Ford that there was huge uniformity. There was uniformity of any color because it, as so long as it's black. Now the reason for that actually was interesting. It was that black paint dried faster than coloured paint, and if Ford offered a range of colours, it would mess up 
uh, the production line because of course car, you know cars once painted parts would dry at different speeds which would mess up the whole flow of a of a production line but actually the Ford Model T was offered in lots and lots of different body variants you know there were kind of you know sort of two seater things and there were pickup trucks and there were quite a lot of different variants we tend to think of the Model T as being a, a you know a very uniform vehicle but it was in color it simply wasn't in terms of uh, the body type so I wonder the other thing that, that made it difficult for me choosing and I'm still you can still sell me by the way on an electric Volvo so yeah, yeah no but, you, you will probably sign for a Volvo online before we're ending this so let's see yeah exactly let's see if we can do that but one of the things that made it difficult for me as a decision is when I chose a car I've currently got a Jaguar um, uh, when I chose a car it was what car do I like I'm buying a product okay and now I felt I'm half buying a product, but I'm half buying into an operating system. And so do I want the car I like the most or do I want the car that has the most customer customers? Because essentially it, Windows, the Windows phone was a very nice operating system. OK, mm. but because it only had, you know, a tiny percentage of the users of Android or iOS, ultimately, the operating systems, the platforms with the most users tend to become the most highly developed. So does Tesla have a kind of advantage there in that the cost per car of upgrading software for Tesla, uh, you know, given that there's zero marginal cost once you've developed the software, the cost per car for improving the software for Tesla is tiny, whereas for a niche manufacturer like Volvo or Jaguar, it's going to be correspondingly much higher. And does the- I think I, I think from a from a software perspective, I think it's quite interesting. I think you are on onto something. I think that is also why we, as a quite small manufacturer, uh, chosen to join our development together with Google and Android. Uh, which, if you are familiar familiar with Google and uh, and Siri, you are quite able to to use the Volvo product. It is it is as you talk to your phone or talk to Google. You talk to your car, so uh, I must say that's a huge achievement. Uh, so half of it is when you enter your Volvo as an existing or a new customer, you actually use the system as you ask for your weather forecast at home when you wake up in the morning. It works the same way, so you are used to it. So I think that is something that is really advent advantage for us, uh, and uh, I think you will see more manufacturer going on that on that that route instead of developing their own systems. Um, by the way, just as nobody said that the original iPhone had appalling battery life because they loved it so much, surprisingly few people make the point that the Tesla's screen interface is actually kind of insane for a moving vehicle and that voice control makes inordinately more sense. Because anything that causes you to take your eyes off the road is not a great idea. However, and admittedly, admittedly, autonomy and safety is is higher in the Tesla. You are less likely to stray out of your lane or something like that. But nevertheless, it does strike me that um, given that it's illegal to use a mobile phone in the car, it seems a bit strange that cars come complete with a tablet. But um, so I'm I'm very interested to know that the voice control is how you see the interface being led. Really, is yeah, it? and I and I think it's the first time to be honest. Uh, where where we have a really really working um, uh, voice controlled system, we have had it for years. But you know, as every every other manufacturer, it's hard to get. They don't understand my dialect, that's for sure. Uh, you, you're you're not the worst off. Um, they're wonderful YouTube videos <laughs> of Glaswegians trying to talk to Alexa, and it goes yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But now it works. I, I must say, I, I use it all the time. It's it's very smooth, very simple. You you set your music. You call your call your friends or colleagues. So you set your destination. So no, no, it works very very smooth. And, and what about what about your approach now? Volvo was a pioneer in what I thought was a highly intelligent idea, which was the idea of convoy driving. I remember seeing quite a lot of Volvo films. Um, there was also a brilliant idea for Volvo that your car trunk could be the delivery address for online parcels. Yeah, the convoy. I think I need to address to the truck company. I think they, as they are working with with the self-driving convoys. But, I, uh, but I, actually, that strikes me as a highly intelligent approach for long journeys, which essentially car, you simply latch onto the car in front and, uh, yeah. and follow that vehicle. That does strike me as a very, very interesting way of achieving driverlessness without trying to dehumanize it, it completely. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the 
groceries to trunk delivery function for Volvo and Call is still, still in work. So it worked quite well and it, it's quite used in Sweden, I must say. So we have some markets, Sweden, US, that where they use it quite, quite much. So um, w- when you leave your office at 5, 5 p.m., all the groceries are already in the car because there's a different, it's a different um, distribution model in Sweden versus in the UK because you have less distribution directly to your home. So either you pick your package up at the post office or you can get it delivered to your car. Uh, you don't have all those home deliveries as you're, as you're used to in, in, in the UK. So that's why, why it fits better, why it, why it doesn't fit here in the, in the same way. But it's an ingenious, ingenious idea in the sense that everybody was debating installing a locker outside their house. And somebody spotted the fact that actually any parked car is potentially a locker. I thought that was a fantastic yeah. insight. I think that was Ogilvy people who partly made that famous because a party from Ogilvy were, get, were being taken around Volvo and somebody mentioned this as quite an offhand thing, as if it was just a casual thing they're exploring. And the people from Ogilvy said, but that's absolutely brilliant. You must talk about that yeah. more. But um, uh, uh, what, 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 what in terms of driverless technology are you looking at in terms of autonomy? What level are you aiming for? Or, by the way, I'm totally receptive to you saying I'm sceptical about the idea of a completely driverless car. And I No, think- no, we, we actually had a, had, a, had a press release yesterday with the, between our own company, Sensact and, and LiDAR, uh, to discuss this and um, what we'll do for the future. Uh, so you will see more self-driving components coming out in the future cars, but still, still I think it, it's a lot about liabilities that need to be sorted out, and that, that differs between countries, of course, and the, and the regulations and what, what's allowed, etc. And, uh, and as Volvo, where we, where we always have been about safety, I, I think we, we, if we do it, we do it properly right. Uh, and of course, it is... It is a super interesting topic to discuss and to invest, investigate further. But we will see more of, of self-driving capabilities, that's for sure. Is there a concern that, rather as there has been a concern among airline pilots, that if you have what you might call intermediate automation, which is that the pilot inputs but does not directly control how the car responds to an input and therefore it's very very difficult to crash for example it's very difficult to make a mistake is there a concern that people will lose driving skills in that period and is there a concern also that people will start to drive dangerously because they're overconfident in their car's ability to avoid uh, accidents or disaster is that something that people discuss uh, I don't think people would drive more dangerously uh, with modern systems. Um, I think you you will see that, especially if you get tired, for instance. I think that uh, the tiredness or you get distracted by something else. I think that's where you, the car will um, will help and assist you. Uh, you shouldn't be in the first versions. You should still not sit sit and and um, and uh, play video games on your mobile phone. I think that is. We are not there yet. Maybe we are there in the future, but I think we we are. I would say a couple of years to. Um, uh, we need to wait a couple of years to until we get get into that. That's for sure. It's very very. Uh, it's an extremely interesting category because it's one where I suppose it's such a fascinating um, collision of technology and psychology, and. Uh, you know, quite as I was saying earlier, quite a lot of the fears around range anxiety struck me as mostly spurious. Because, to be honest, the charging speeds are now faster. In Europe, you wouldn't drive for four hours or five hours without a break anyway, because it would be intolerable and irresponsible. And also, practically any long distance journey within continental Europe will involve a lot of motorway driving, where the provision of charging stations is going to be pretty good. Now, you know, I get the fact the United States is slightly different if you're driving across Death Valley. You know, I understand the fact that there's a level of concern there, but I've always thought that was slightly spurious because I suppose the number of days of the year in which I drive more than the number of days of the year in which I drive more than 150 miles is vanishingly small, really. But maybe 180, yeah. But once you reach that point, I mean, I think most of the problem diminishes. That's very, very interesting. You've, you've been um, so you're committed to launching a completely new family of electric cars, all of which, interestingly, are going to be available online only. Yeah, now we are on the online only question. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think we, we definitely need to discuss that because Tesla's done it. I have to say they've done it very well. I have to say also, um, if you want a tip of what to avoid is Jaguar, because they, Tesla has a very, very limited choice architecture so that you have five colors, you have typically three specs of car, you have one or two optional extras. Um, but essentially, choosing a Tesla online is manageable. And also, you feel that... Uh, the extras you're paying for are kind of reasonable in number. Whereas I had the problem with the Jaguar. Um, I looked at the I-Pace. And if you start with a with, with the top platform of I-Pace, the HSE, you kind of grudge paying for fog lamps. You kind of grudge paying for... And I think Jaguar's got that wrong, actually. I think what they need is actually a top-of-the-range model where far more of the optional extras come as standard. Because... Uh, you know, if you if you end up a fully spec car would essentially be you know nudging close to six figures in in British pounds. Um, and so, one of the things I suppose, how, how do you plan to do the choice architecture, and what do you see as the virtue of online direct sales only? I'm I'm really intrigued. This would presumably involve I, things like delivery. I, I think if you if you look at the uh, XC40 um, electric and the new C40 electric as well, if you look look at those cars and uh, that will give you a glimpse about the Volvo future and I, I totally agree that if you are going to do anything that is understandable online yeah. you need to simplify <laughs> and you need to have customers to understand what they are actually buying I think it's hard for a consumer uh, to buy anything that is engineering driven uh, online if you're not really into your um, your details and you're a bit of a petrol head then I think a car purchase is one of the hardest things you can do it's like buying yourself a kitchen uh, and um, with all that options and all the variants on on, on uh, ovens and dishwashers etc it's the same you don't understand so simplify it is a must um, whether whether you need to go the Tesla route or the Jaguar route, um, that that's up to up to them to discuss. But I think from from our sake, you need to simplify. You need to to be more understandable for the consumers, uh, and uh, that is also a good thing because then you simplify the production process as well. So I must say it's a win-win. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, and it's also easier to understand the car when it's returned as a, as a used car as well because it's. Uh, it's it's easier to uh, to create the, the the right residual values as well. So no, I like the idea. I think the simplification is 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 something that we will see all over the industry as well. And I think that's quite good. And there's something about the electric car which lends itself to minimalism rather than elaboration, isn't there? I suppose you being a Scandinavian company where, you know, as a culture, you've kind of owned elegant minimalism. I think uh, Swedishness actually sits with electric cars 
rather well, in fact, just in terms of design values as well. That, you know, you can actually, you know, literally simplify the controls, the interface and so forth, uh, which I think which I think can be definitely one of your strengths. You know, if you're a luxury car manufacturer, there's almost a contradiction, isn't there, between having, you know, this very, very elegant, very few moving parts and yet having a sumptuous or elaborate interior. It doesn't quite work. And I can't quite explain why. In the same way that we you know we like our electrical devices fairly simple and straightforward, you know, if you look at design from Google Nest to uh, obviously the iPhone, um, there's a kind of driving minimalism to the whole thing, which I think is interesting. Mm. And um, uh, the, the, so, how will you replace things like the test drive? Because, or will you? Because one thing I've been begging an electric car manufacturer to do is just say, please, just rent me one for two weeks. Okay, the deal is, I'll rent it for two weeks. I'll try it out. If I keep the car you rent me, all I want you to do is refund the amount I've paid in rental. Um, mm. But I don't think the half-hour test drive is quite, you know, is quite sufficient to win over everybody. So if you go online only and you you cut out the dealer part of it, the other no, no, ah, no. Ah, I was going <laughs> to say uh, I thought I thought yeah. that would terrify you. You, you yeah. try that one, but no, 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 exactly, it never happens. Yeah. So so the dealers will still actually be there to provide support and to provide maintenance and everything else. I, I think what is, is, what is super important is that we get local distribution centers. I think a distribution center where you can ma maintain your car, you can buy a used car, you can get the car delivered, you can return a car. It's very essential. I think we can, with the current network in the UK, I think we can actually grow volumes. I don't, we, don't, we don't need to add more showrooms. I think where, you, where we will have the discussion the coming five to 10 years is how much or how big, or how many and how big showrooms do we need? I think that that's where we will see probably a change. And I think the, the route we have taken since five to 10 years is to have as small showrooms as possible is a good way because I don't, I, I think, I think that is necessary in some, some cases in some cities that you still need a showroom. But overall, I think, um, we would talk about distribution centers. And I think that is, that is where we are heading and uh, retail partners for sure. I think we can, we have especially seen it in the lockdown. They have done a tremendously good job uh, and they have also been fantastic of trading online. Um, I think the online expression in one sense is also quite interesting because online is not truly online. It's rather an omni-channel approach. Yeah. I think I think for very high value per, uh, purchases, I, I've always predicted that estate agency won't go completely online. You'll find the property online, but you'll still deal with a human being at some point, not least for the reason that, of course, human beings feel shame, but algorithms don't. Uh, so, you know, you sometimes you need a human in the process. I mean, actually for legal liability as well, uh, if you think about yeah. it. OK, if there's nobody there you can send to jail. How do I know, you know, in other words, who's got skin in the game here if there's nobody here who can actually be punished? No, then it's me. And then it's you, exactly. And you don't want to be responsible. You don't want to be the sole person responsible for every bad piece of Volvo driving um, for the next 10 years. So what about... I'm a but I think, I think the, online, the, the online expression is, is very, very... It's, it's, it's creating a bit of a debate. But yeah. I think also, if you look at the simplifying buying process, if you look at the hassle-free buying process, if you look at one price, which is also quite an interesting, which means that you need, you need to change your business model. You can't, you can't keep the traditional business model because then you're, 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 you're up against the competitive laws, which you're not allowed to do. Then you need then you need to start to do direct sales and you need to change the the way the retailers are, are trading uh, but I think if we don't if we don't have profitable retailers that are willing to invest as an entrepreneur then we will die but 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 exactly the shape of it that is something we need to discuss together with the retailers and one thing is they'll need less real estate the other thing that always annoys me about my car dealers is they always move into larger and larger out of town spaces in order to display more inventory which is lovely when they want to sell cars 
when you want to have your car serviced, it means you drop off your car and you're standing there effectively in the middle of nowhere. Okay, I'm in, I, I end up getting my car serviced and I either have to drive down with my wife in convoy or I have to get a taxi or effectively I'm stranded in the middle of an industrial trading estate, admittedly uh, looking at lots of new cars, which they can't mind all that much. But as a customer experience, it's actually terrible because they've moved to a larger space to sell more cars. And it undoubtedly helps them achieve this. But for customer service, it's actually a bit of a nightmare. So having a, a, a larger network of smaller places, ideally, actually, more centrally located, you know, I mean, ha having a car showroom in walking distance of a, a few interesting shops wouldn't be a bad thing, you know. And um, so I think there's something very interesting there that the whole model needs to shift. And so that uh, rather like estate agency. OK, so the estate agent still serves a function but their shop window is not as important as it used to be. And, you know, it's not as important perhaps to be on the high street, except for just name recognition, mm -hmm. because your shop window is no longer the main advertising vehicle through which you find buyers, but people still want a human being to actually manage the transaction. And that makes sense. Yeah, and also, and also uh, we shouldn't forget there are, there are sometimes... Uh, hassles with the cars or a trouble and you, you need to ask someone something and there is a lot of customers that get passed by the retailer and, and, and get instant help instead of sitting in in uh, in phone queues or chat chatbots etc so that's also a really important role that they are playing today as, as a local local retailer uh, which we shouldn't forget I don't know much about electric car telematics, but I'm assuming it's going to be pretty damn good. Is that fair? Because they're mostly, what, 4G or 5G connections, I'm guessing. Yeah, and that's also a big difference because yesterday I had software installed in my car. Uh, so uh, usually you need to, to drive to a retailer to get your soft, software downloaded. Now it gets over the air. Uh, it's also a huge improvement. And that also tells us that we need to change change that behavior as well, not only from a consumer perspective, but also from a retailer perspective. How do we get them to earn the money if they don't get the software update to do, do themselves? So an, an, another interesting question. How are you worried? I mean, uh, the, the, I, mean I, I heard a lovely story, by the way, about um, Elon Musk, where they had a debate in the early days of, I think, the Tesla Model S, where some of the some of the keen enthusiast owners wanted creep, which is just just for the benefit of the listeners, you know this already. OK, the reason automatic cars creep was not designed in. It's just a feature of automatics that if you don't put your foot on the brake, they'll move forward very slowly or backwards very slowly without you needing any pressure on the accelerator. Now, this was never designed. It's just what automatic gearboxes do. OK, now, interestingly, some of the Model S early owners wanted creep because they said it's very useful when you're manoeuvring in a tight space or when you're manoeuvring where there may be children around. Just be able to keep your foot hovering over the brake, move backwards very slowly with the ability to stop very quickly. And then the other purists said, no, 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 creep is merely a kind of, uh, you know, it's an artifact of automatic gearboxes. Uh, we don't want creep. And while this debate was going on, there was a chap sitting next to Elon Musk with a laptop tapping away on a keyboard. And when these people left, Elon simply said to them, when you return back to your cars, you will have the option to turn on creep if you want it. But if you want to leave it switched off, then you can. Because he'd done an over-the-air upgrade to all the people whose cars were parked in the car park while the discussion was happening. And... Um, it's a really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, that is a really, really interesting thing. How do you preserve, though? The danger is there are a few things that worry me, one of which is electric um, rental cars, which is I always rent things like Fords because unless I'm feeling a bit blingy, OK, I'll tend to rent a fairly basic car like a Ford because I know the interface. You know, it doesn't hide the gas tank under the rear number plate. It, you know, broadly speaking, everything's where you expect it to be. Now, renting electric cars strikes me as slightly alarming because if you get a completely different interface every time, um, is there a danger that, um, you know, there's a kind of unfamiliarity or you end up making terrible mistakes? The other, the other one is how, which is a related question, which is how do you preserve Volvo-ness in this kind of world? How do you preserve I, brand I would say my, my idea would be that if I'm renting a Volvo and I end up in this, yeah, wherever in the world, I just 
type in my settings and my, when I when I turn into the car um, then it's done it's set set as, as the car I left on the other airport exactly the same seat uh, features the heat is on on the seat or not uh, exactly the same uh, music that continues where I ended it etc we are, I think we are we are we are there quite soon which 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 would be fantastic that's a beautiful vision by the way I'll tell you a lovely story which relates to that which is the designer Philippe Stark uh, I think has three homes one's in Paris one's in the United States I think the third one somewhere like Bora Bora okay now in each of these homes he has a Harley an identical Harley Davidson and he got the ignition key barrels replaced on two of them so that the same key works on all three bikes. Now, admittedly, you know, I'm not sure I would have gone to the same amount of trouble, but it's the kind of, that, that kind of thing completely changes our concept of what it is to own a car, I think, doesn't it? Because yeah. no, we, no, 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 I really like, I really like that idea because then you, then you get the confidence and the feel that you're actually driving your same, your same car even when you're on vacation. Yeah, I'm, as a Brit, by the way, I have to confess to this, and I may have really annoyed you once in the past, because whenever I hire a car in continental Europe, I always change the temperature settings to Fahrenheit, just to mess up the next person to hire the car. So, yeah, and that would probably be, be already done then in yeah, the future. I, when exactly. You... I'd step into the car, it would speak to me in English, or Swedish if yeah. you prefer, and uh, all those settings like imperial versus metric. Uh, I, I was hopefully do... it will it will not uh, you, it will not show your miles when it, when it's kilometer. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, well, I don't know about that. That is still due to regulation. No, no, fair enough, like... fair point. Yeah, no, absolutely right. But I mean, th- this is a this is a really interesting point because I think that's a beautiful thing. Which mobility as a service is something that's been talked about by car manufacturers and by transportation companies for ages. And actually, although this seems fairly token, the fact that your car is effectively your car, even when it's two different vehicles, does actually make that I think psychologically much much more concrete. You know, the idea that when when I rent, if I own a Volvo and I rent a Volvo, or even, of course, if I if I if I have a small electric Volvo and I want to do either a very long journey, or I want to carry a grand piano or something, I can I can rent other Volvo vehicles, and as far as is feasibly possible, they'll both effectively adapt to my body shape, my you know seat settings. All those things will be remembered. I think that's really rather magical. And um, we can all be Philippe Stark, thanks to the glory of technology. That's yeah, wonderful. That's not a bad idea. It's, it's rather nice. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, the Volvo Nest, though, in terms of, it's a very distinctive brand, rather like Jaguar, of course. It's a niche uh, car manufacturer. I don't think it deserves to be. I think, you know, cars like the XC90 have been absolutely, you know, revolutionary and extraordinary. And, you know, it's, it's Jeremy Clarkson's favourite family car. Never forget, you know. And um, how do you... Um, I've mentioned already that slight problem. So you've partnered with Google, which I think overcomes my anxiety about, yes, but, you know, as a software player, they're always going to be number five to Tesla. Mm. So that certainly, uh, you know, answers my anxiety there. So Google could end up with an Android, you know, um, uh, mm. uh, auto, Android auto, it's called, isn't it? Could end up as a fairly, as a fairly wide scale um, interface adopted by a large number of smaller players. Um, do, I mean, what I mean. One of the interesting things is that uh, do, where do you see the future of these of niche companies? Because in some senses, my argument might be, if if the basic reliability is the same for all cars, okay, and they have fewer moving parts, and the software is of a standard for everybody, then actually, it's good news for Alfa Romeo and it's good news for Volvo because actually buying a slightly more eccentric car doesn't come with the anxiety. I, I always advise people buy a slightly boring dishwasher because I once had a smeg dishwasher or something. And the problem was that, you know, every time it broke down, which wasn't that frequent, but the spare parts would take about a week. Whereas if you had a Bosch, the spare parts would be in the guy's van, effectively. So there's always that anxiety about going to a, a slightly nichier brand. Do you think they'll suffer, or do you think there's actually a great new opportunity for them? Because actually, I, th- I think, of course, I think we have a great opportunity as Volvo, and I, yeah. I, I think uh, looking at our market share improvements in the UK the last year and also months, we are doing a, an astonishing job. So, I would be, um, I would say, with with the global 
strategy we have and the partnership we have with Geely, etc. I think we we are in a, in a good in a good process to continue our success and growth. Uh, and um, I think also brand-wise, Volvo sits really well, as you also mentioned in in the beginning, well with the uh, simplicity of an EV and also the the functionality of an EV and, and also the brand of self-driving, it's safety. Yes, we we are sustainability is part of part of the brand as well. It's super two super important topics: safety and sustainability. That we will absolutely continue to be in the front front end. What what about insurance and telematics? Because one of the things that frightens me about buying an EV is I don't want my kids who are 19 to have a car that does 0 to 60 in 3.9 seconds because I'm barely a good enough driver, you know, at the age of 55 to Mm. cope with that kind of power. And uh, I'm sure my kids aren't. And never mind that, it would be an insurance nightmare. Will there be ways to kind of moderate performance and things? No, we and- already do that today. So on all Volvos that are delivered, you get the orange key. And with that orange key, you can set set the maximum speed, etc., and limitations. Uh, and that is directed towards the younger drivers, which I think is a good good way of showing that we are we, we are caring. And that we are still taking care of the of the families. You need to advertise that because actually that's a brilliant, brilliant feature. Because actually, uh, apart from the else, it'd be nice to have my daughters drive me home when I'm slightly pissed. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. but I'm not having them driving me home in something that does not to sixty in three point nine seconds because they'll go crazy. Well, one of them will. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you, I mean, this that actually you ought to advertise that. I think it's an absolutely brilliant feature. And if you could have insurance, which also says this insurance is perfectly valid if you have your orange key settings set to this. But it's no longer valid with this person driving, including, by the way, an unfamiliar driver, because we haven't, you know, the performance here is spectacular. And um, will, will, are you producing a kind of sports model as well, do you think? No, no, no. not now. Not what, what, what we have in our plans. I think we, what we are doing is, is where, we, where we should continue uh, producing cars as well. But let's see. Well, OK. Uh, what I can say is, I mean, uh, you've patently thought of everything. I'm still in the market and I'm going to research it. It's very expensive doing this podcast because not only am I not paid, but I keep buying the products that people talk about. No, so, that's brilliant. So, 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 so you can be hopeful. I, I, um, we had someone on from Patch Plants, which is a home delivery of uh, pot plants. Very interesting um, Norfolk Island ferns they sell. And uh, since I went on that podcast, I had no plants in the house. And now the place is like a goddamn jungle. So it's a very expensive podcast to do. So you may well <laughs> find me coming to one of your distribution centres. I'll certainly be browsing your website. And just to say, I mean, I'm incredibly impressed by this. It's incredibly well thought out. And um, I'm also incredibly optimistic. So it's been massively interesting talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you too. Thank you too, uh, Rory. And I think it, it, is an in, it is a super interesting time with everything that is happening in the car industry right night now, because we are not only transforming the product, but we're also transforming the way we are consuming the product and the way we are buying the product, etc. So... I think we have a strong brand, strong products, and a, and a, and a great retail network. Um, we will uh, we will probably be even more successful the coming year. That's what we are aiming for. I, f- I find it really interesting from a behavioral science perspective, because from a marketing perspective as well, because suddenly consumer behavior is front and center. A lot of businesses mm. spend a lot of time essentially uh, assuming that future consumer behavior is an extrapolation or a continuation of past behavior. And of course, two things, the shift to electric cars and the pandemic have both meant that actually marketing and customer understanding, a much deeper level of customer understanding that goes beyond the balance sheet becomes much more front and center. So I think it's great news for marketers as well. Yeah, and also I think what is even more, if if we would have had an hour more is to discuss purpose-driven organizations and how you actually how you actually have the reflection between an employee and a, and, a, and a customer or a consumer because they are it's getting closer and closer one of the great advantages of being scandinavian is that when you say you're purpose-driven i kind of believe you okay because mm. i mean very very banal level you've got a lot of trees 
Mm. Um, uh, but um, uh, one of the things is that if, if you actually claim you're doing this for, I mean, you were a safety pioneer for the same reason in many ways, weren't you? Mm. Uh, and everything from sort of, um, uh, there are quite a few uh, innovations, safety innovations, which appeared on Volvos first, which were done precisely for that reason. Um, but uh, no, I think that I think that's a, that's an area well worth exploring. I hope there'll be a follow up podcast because so much is changing. We'll need one in a year or so. So uh, that's yeah, been... we absolutely yeah. Let's see. That's Let's see. Exciting thing. When you are driving your new, you can give your first review on your new XC40. I'm, I'm going to investigate it right now. Thank you very much, Steve. Yeah. Well, that's all from uh, this episode of On Brand. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Alf Insight. For more information on powering your business growth, visit their website at alfinsight.com. That's alfinsight.com. The series is produced, and if I may say so, expertly edited by Ultimate Sound and Vision. And to make sure you receive the next episode, please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please just give us a little like. Thanks very much for listening, and see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 